to you, and to you, and you know all the familiars. Um, this is me. This is Algus. How you doing? I hope you're good. I really do. I hope that you are healthy and happy and you're not, and there's no hurricane happening around you right now, like actual environmental, um, natural disaster. I hope there's no natural disasters where you're at. And if there is, well, I'm honored that you would be listening to podcasts while that's happening. I would be a little confused as to why you would uh, decide to listen to podcasts while your house is being engulfed in a mudslide or something. But, you know, I'm here. I'm here for you. One way or another, I'm here for you. And you're here for me. It's, um, it's mutual. Even though the conversation may feel one unidirectional, it's true. Just knowing that you're out there with your with one uh, AirPod in because the other one got swept away in the mudslide, and you're you're swimming and fighting for breath. But also, while you're doing that, you're listening to podcasts and you're laughing along with me. So it's nice to know that while uh, while the forest fires are happening. Uh, while you're surrounded in a forest fire because your gender reveal party went awry and you set, you started a bushfire, you had a dry bushfire in the forests of California. Uh, it's nice to know that as you are running, screaming from the flames, <laughs> you are <laughs> listening to podcasts. And that makes, that warms my heart hotter than the fires that you have started that are going to take out a giant biome in Southern California. So that's nice. Just imagining that you're out there. Um, that's all I got right now is just imagining that I have you here. I'm feeling, uh, I'm not going to lie. I got the sads, hardcore sads right now, and I don't know uh, what, well, I kind of know where they're coming from and what triggered them, but I, I'm not shaking them, you know? They kicked in last night, and I'm trying to shake them. I can't shake them, just like a, a pilot in a dog fight, you know? I can't shake them. And my teammates are like, he's on your six. And I'm like, I can't shake him. That's always a classic line in any pilot movie or whatever. Star Wars. I can't shake him. <laughs> uh, the sads are on my six right now. And I can't shake him. But this is, I mean, what you are witnessing, what you are witness to. Witnessing is the right word for auditory. What you're listening is... Uh, me literally combating them right now as we speak so let's see if you and i can get through this together look my nails are purple i mean you can't see them but just imagine a really nice purple i think purple is like my new favorite color anybody else any other trans people listening who your your favorite color changed has that happened to anyone else because my i mean my favorite color is still green but i gotta say Purple kind of came out of nowhere. Purple in my life has had that uh, that makeover slash 
that moment in in the teen movies where the nerdy girl with the glasses gets a makeover and she just basically takes off her glasses and gets her hair blown out or something maybe a little bit of mascara and then all of a sudden oh she's wow she's beautiful and she was here the whole time she was here all along <laughs> that's what purple is for me right now <clears throat> Especially the purple on my nails. I love it. I look down at my nails and I'm like, Wow, you were here all along. Purple, man. Get into it. So now I wonder. Um, I might take to Twitter with this thought. My Twitter following is abysmal. And I'm part of a Twitter group of all these trans bitches. And they're, they got like 20k followers each. <laughs> and me i'm like uh it's like a, a photo op with the justice league and i'm like a four-year-old in a in a poorly poor poorly fitting wonder woman costume just like hi Afra, hi you guys <laughs> my favorite is wonder woman taking a picture with these with these uh movers and shakers and on twitter but i mean twitter it's you know i will say this i will agree with uh dave chappelle that twitter is not a real place and uh in this group they all say that they love each other and i'm like i, I am i supposed to love you guys i feel nothing but indifference <laughs> you're all i'm sure i would like you sure enough if we hung out in person but you were all just avatars to each other it makes me wonder if the I love you's in that case are sincere and in which case I find that curious more than anything that um, I just never ever could possibly see myself forging a meaningful relationship online purely online you know but I've heard it happen I've heard people find romance online and don't meet their fucking partner they're like dating online and then they meet each other like a year or two in that's wild to me you know i need that i need that face to face i need that skin to skin i need to look you in the eyes to like you a little bit you know <clears throat> so maybe i'm the outlier in this group maybe that's why i have an abysmal twitter following is because they're all good at making online friends and i'm just kind of a loner Maybe I am. I mean, I am. I am kind of a loner at heart. I think that's just sort of the way it is. I think that's part of the, I got to say, that's part of what I'm reflecting upon with these sads that I got going on, you know, is I'm just contemplating my l lack of any sort of romantic life and um reflecting on what my role is in that because you know you can easily i you can easily point to the fact that a lot of men are liars and a lot of men in the especially in are who are interested in trans women are closeted and and i mean a lot of men are just gross online but you know so i won't say that this is anything special but i do feel like the fact that trans porn is like the fourth most popular category means that a lot of these guys don't know any of us in person and therefore treat us like these like porn characters on their, on their computer screen. Like we're all just down to fuck at all times and have zero personality and aren't human beings outside of 
you know, just a hole to shove their pecker. And so, I mean, that's that's one thing. But in even navigating past that, it's not like I haven't um, encountered people who mean well and are sincere and who I just don't feel any sort of connection to. And I and I feel that lack of connection on a sociopathic level sometimes. I worry that I'm a fucking sociopath, that it's just so hard for me to feel connected to anyone. I mean, I can empathize very easily. I, I think I'm an empathetic person, but then beyond that, it's just easy to sort of walk away. Does that make any sense? It's troubling. It makes me worry that I'm a fucking sociopath and then I'm going to be alone forever. And I think I'm going to be alone forever. But you guys don't need to know any of that shit. What am I doing? This turned into a, a gross little therapy session. Fuck that. I should delete everything I just said. Um, uh, So I went up for a walk last night. I walked home from my gig. And I stopped by the grocery store to buy some coffee for my roommate. A big package of coffee for her. Because I wanted to feel... I wanted to feel good. And I wanted to feel nice. And I wanted to do something for someone else just to feel good and nice. Uh... And it helped, but it didn't cure it. And here I am sad today. You know what I did this morning? Oh, I, okay. So I won't go into any detail, but fuck this, this caught me off guard. I don't know how I fell for it. I don't know how I fell for it, but I watched a video on Reddit by accident of somebody getting murdered. I saw someone die in real time on my phone this morning and I've been very disturbed ever since. I'm like actively, every time I think about it, I actively have to veer away my attention to something else. I have to think about something else. God, it was horrifying. And I won't, I won't share it with you guys, but that was rough. And every, you know what, I, I think it's some of the things that I follow on Reddit that lead to potentially bad things. Like, I follow this uh, account called Idiots in Cars, and most of the time it's people who can't park, and it's people who are driving down the wrong side of the road and, like, you know, hit a curb. <laughs> it's people, it's people uh, backing into a pylon, you know? It's usually, like, harmless stuff, but every once in a while somebody will post something that looks deadly, <laughs> and you're like, oh man, I really didn't need to see that. That's not an idiot in a car. I mean, they were an idiot. And now they're now they're nothing at all. <laughs> nothing at all. Nothing at all. Now they are a vaporized cloud of red blood and viscera. I don't need to see that shit. Um, okay, I got real morbid here. And I'm going to turn this goddamn bus around. And uh, I'm going to... I kind of shake, but the thought of that video I watched this morning is always in my headlights, and I'm an idiot in a car trying to drive away from it. Wow, did you see? That was like some, that was like some freestyle poetry, what I just did, incorporating all my beats in one fell swoop and one metaphor, just like that? Come on. Get out of here. That was woven so succinctly and so quickly. So that's what I'm going to say to make myself feel better. I'm going to big myself up with little things like that. I'm also, after this, I think I'm going to go for a walk out to the grocery store. I'm running out of time before my show tonight, but I'm going to go out to the grocery store and I have a bag of avocados that are ripe. I bought them last week. 
so I could wait it out and time it. I'm going to make guacamole. I'm going to, it's been so long since I've made my world famous Alval guacamole and I'm going to make it with my guacamole with my deliciously, absolutely right avocados. And I'm going to share them with my roommate because that, that'll make me feel nice and I want to feel nice and I want to feel good. You want me to break down real quick what I put in my guac? Um, all right, so check it out. Avocados, cilantro, lime juice, um... Uh, diced onions, diced tomatoes, diced jalapenos, not too many, but I like a little kick in there. I dice mangoes as well. Hell yeah. Throw some mangoes in there. That's my secret ingredient for you motherfuckers. I know some of you are saying mangoes. What are you talking about, Al Val? But it's like it adds a sweetness and it like it just dances with the jalapenos, dog. Are you kidding? Everyone who's tried my guacamole says it's the best ever. So <laughs> I know you hear everyone say they got the best. And sure enough, I'm sure they believe that they do. But even my friends tell me that mine is the best. And that's how you know, you know? Uh, well, I guess. I mean, you know if people who aren't your friends say so. And I brought it once to a party and it went so quick. It went empty right away. So come on now. You know, the evidence is there. The evidence is stacking on Alval's guacamole, okay? The evidence is stacking. We don't need no January 6th tribunal for my guacamole. <laughs> we don't need that. <sighs> okay, so believe it. Um, what else do I put in there? Sometimes I'll put in some uh, red peppers, maybe some yellow peppers. I make it real chunky. I get it real chunky for your ass. And then, uh, yeah. Every once in a while, I'll, I'll like, maybe, just, I've experimented with beans in there before, but I don't think that uh, it needs anything else at that point. You know, a little bit of salt, pepper, a little bit of garlic, oh, garlic too, forgot, minced garlic, and, um, oh, I drizzle, I sprinkle in a little bit of this roasted red pepper and garlic seasoning that I love. I put that shit on everything. That's my Frank's Red Hot of seasoning. Yo, that shit is a secret ingredient. I think it's President's Choice. Uh, roasted garlic and red pepper seasoning. Throw that shit on anything, baby. Um, what else do I want to share with you guys? I'm going to make a guacamole. Oh, there's an account. Okay, you know what else I can do to feel good? Let's just go through the Rolodex of things that'll make you feel good if you do them, you know? Um, I highly recommend, I'm going to make a plug for this Instagram account. Obviously, I wasn't paid to do this. Nobody pays me to do anything, and I say yes to every opportunity, and that means I don't get paid at all for the things I do. I have all these crazy credits to my name, and I'm still saying an eager, enthusiastic yes to five minutes on a Monday for, for nothing, you know? But that's how you know I'm a, a true artist. <laughs> or a pussy. All right, so, um... This guy, you guys, you got to check this guy out. Um, he has an Instagram account. His name is Francis Bourgeois. And I'll spell that out real quick for you. It, his account is F-R-A-N-C-I-S underscore B-O-U-R-G-E-O-I-S. Francis underscore Bourgeois 43. Don't forget the 43. Francis underscore Bourgeois 43. That's his Instagram handle. Look him up and delight in this 
man's simple but enthusiastic fanatical joy for trains he loves locomotives he loves trains and he gets like full body jittery giddy when he sees a train that he likes he is such an adorable guy you know what i mean he's just so endearing he's this british he's this british man boy man i would call him he's he's got that boyish charm and he one of the things that he does is he wears one of those he wears a gopro on his head he has one of those headbands with the reverse facing gopro and it's got like a fisheye angle i guess you call it looking back at him so and it's just such a silly hilarious angle to shoot him to shoot his own reactions from when he watches the train go by because it just distorts his face. It just widens the space between his eyeballs. <laughs> and he gets so cartoonishly happy when he sees a train. And so it's just a delight. And it's just a funny angle to watch. But like more importantly, you know, there's just something so contagious about watching somebody have um, somebody just take total pleasure in their passions in and it's just it lights up my heart watching this guy uh preface every video basically by explaining what train he's about to show you he's a train spotter he like travels to go see these different types of trains it's a universe that i surely know nothing about i'm sure you pr probably don't know much about either and he just he posts these videos on Instagram of him, like, uh, describing this train and, and, and freaking, it's, you know, a, a cut together clip of him freaking out when it pulls into the station or when it rides by. He, like, there was one video I saw where he was almost brought to tears. He, like, he, he saw it, he watched it cross at, like, a, a crossing, I guess, <laughs> which is, which is usually what happens at a crossing, I guess. And then he hops back into his car and he like chases it and he's like screaming and crying. It's <laughs> like, it's just the most beautiful thing. If you want a little pick me up, check out Francis underscore bourgeois 43, man. He is a delightful human being. And you know, you can't, if you make fun of, if you bully people like that, if you make fun of or punch down on people like that, then uh, your cynicism makes you a bad person and you should stop. <laughs> I'm just going to straight up call you out. If you make fun of this angelic, beautiful man, then you need to look at yourself and recalibrate your morals because uh, you're a petty jerk. And <laughs> this man, God bless and save this man always at all times, you know? Um, yeah, I really wanted to uh, pitch him because he's a delight. He's a delight. I don't know if I said that, like, I think I forgot to delete some of these. I, I keep notes in my phone of the fleeting passing ideas that I have for um doing on Podgus. So forgive me if I repeat myself. Sometimes I forget to delete them. And uh, I made sure that I deleted this this Francois one right away as soon as I finished talking about it. But uh, I don't know if I told you guys a story. This is not even a story. This isn't really a thing. But I was walking home late. I get a little bit jittery walking home late in my neighborhood. 
because I feel like I've spoken about this before, but as you guys know, uh, I am currently living in a neighborhood that I'm not used to being so sketchy, like the other neighborhood that I lived in, in Toronto. High Park is like the, one of the safer neighborhoods, and now I'm in a neighborhood where there's just a lot of homelessness. There's there's some mental, uh, there's some mental illness on display. It, it can be sometimes some people approach you with a bit hostile energy, and it's happened on a couple occasions. So I just have my guard up basically when I'm walking home, right? And um, I was walking. I was close to home, and I was walking, and I heard a big rustle. I heard a big rustle, hustle, and bustle immediately on my left, like feet away from me. And it was a raccoon who was startled by my sudden appearance. And it like scampered up a tree and and made a big ruckus in the tree, shaking the leaves and shit. And when it did that, this is my instinct. So this is something that I want to analyze. If I could speak to... um. If I could speak to a uh, psychological expert about this, I would love to hyperanalyze this. Anyone but Freud, Freud, obviously, right? Because Freud would be like, "You sat, you sat on the carrot when you were four, and now you, now you are scared of raccoons, and also you like to stick plenty of things in your bottom. You sat on a carrot." Um. That's a throwback to last episode. <laughs> um, who do I talk like? That that voice is... Sorry, I know I'm totally going off track here, but what the, what the fuck is the guy's name? He's a director. He appeared in The Mandalorian. Man. Shit. I can't even reach. Mandalorian. Um, the baby. Give me the baby. Or I want to, I want to see the baby. Um, what's his name? God. I would like to see the baby. What's his name? I'm sure you guys are screaming it at me. Fuck, I'm gonna have to pause. I'm gonna have to pause and find it out. Werner Herzog. <laughs> That's his name. Werner Herzog. I knew it was a crazy German name. I knew it was... Germanic, I guess. Maybe not necessarily German. Anyways, I want to see the baby. <laughs> uh, Paul F. Tompkins has a great impression of him. Okay, anyways. <clears throat> I would love a, a therapist to analyze this response. But basically, uh, when the raccoon got startled and climbed up the tree, I got startled and my instinct was to go, It's fine! It's fine! It's fine! <laughs> I like put my hands up. And I think as an act of instinctual, immediate surrender, uh, which is, I guess, my, that's my move, fight or flight, neither. I have full beta surrender is my response. It's fine. It's fine. I yelled, it's fine at a raccoon and then realized my mistake and sheepishly walked home from there. So I feel like you really learn a lot about yourself in those moments. And I learned that I'm a, I'm such a beta cuck, but you guys already knew that about me. I'm just, I'm helpless and there. I don't have a tough fucking gene in my DNA. 
It's fine. I yelled, it's fine at a raccoon. Well, I hope he felt assured, you know? Surely the raccoons in Toronto hear so much human communication that they pick up on some English, maybe? Some language? So for me to yell, it's fine at a raccoon, I bet it understood. Or maybe it just, I mean, maybe it read my body language and knew that I was completely submissive. <laughs> it's like, I was gonna, I was gonna punk this kid, but, uh, you know. She's, uh, she's pretty pathetic, so I'm gonna let her go home. You know? It's fine! I yelled, it's fine at a raccoon. It was because you sat on a carrot. Now show me the baby. I want to see the baby. Werner Herzog. <laughs> Hello, my name is Werner Herzog. Imagine ordering at Starbucks with a name like that. <laughs> yes sir uh we're gonna get your grande latte in a minute can i get your name Werner herzog <laughs> uh, okay we're gonna call you william how's that we're just gonna call you william all right i'm gonna delete that off my notes there we go yelling it's fine at a raccoon um, I told you guys that purple is suddenly my new favorite. Um, uh, I have notes about getting misgendered a ton. It's been a week. Let me tell you guys, I guess, I mean, that's been contributing to my sads, surely. It's just happening a lot. It happened a lot this week. A lot of stares, a lot of misgendering. I get it. I know. I know. But fuck, it's, it just weighs on me sometimes. It gets to be a lot. And, um, you know. It's frustrating when I go to fucking H&M and I'm in the women's section and I'm and I'm wearing a skirt and my and a tank top and my boobs are in, on this full display and I got my hair long. I got fucking makeup on and I dropped something by like a lady who was cleaning the floor and she was like and I and I kind of went, oh, whoops, sorry. And she was like. It's okay, sir. It's okay, sir. Sir, it's okay. It's just, and they only, they don't just do it once. They do it fucking four times in a row. <sighs> Read the fucking room. When my pharmacist, when I like pick up, he'll like, he'll misgender me on the phone. And then when I come in, uh, once again, dress, boobs, the works. He'll hand me the bag. He'll be like, here are your testosterone blockers and estrogen pills, sir. And I'll be like, Thanks, thank you so much. Ah, thanks. It's just, and you know, pussy me just lets it happen. Ugh. All right, see, now I'm leaning back into the sads. Don't do it. Don't do it, Alval. Don't do it. Oh, let me tell you this story. This is actually a fun story. This will be a fun one. Um, I was excited to tell this story. So I'm glad you were, if you're still here, I'm glad you listened this far. Um, a couple nights ago, I was, uh, preparing for bed, and when I pulled the sheets on my bed, this monstrous centipede, fucking huge, like, this guy, this guy's bulking for a bodybuilding, uh, convention, for sure. This guy, this guy lifts other centipedes for fun. Uh, this guy fucking, I, I should have checked, do we have, like, a bucket of creatine? 
somewhere in in the nooks and crannies of the walls is this guy living in creatine dust but this fucker was huge big massive centipede and instinctually i guess hey this goes against my it's fine i yelled it's fine at it (laughs) i i i overcame the urge to scream it's fine at this centipede and instead I reached out with my hand and with one hand like snatched at it and just kind of tried squishing it in my single hand. And he was moving so fast that I kind of half caught him. But and and he was in my hand and he was twitching and he was kind of bent at in the middle. I kind of folded him and he seemed to be on death's door. At least he was still wriggling a tiny, tiny bit, but enough that I was like, he's not going anywhere. And my hand had, you know, hundreds of his legs just kind of sprayed out all over my hand. <clears throat> and I was like, I, I mean, I, I don't want to squish him with my other hand and get bug juice all over me. So I was like, I'm going to scamper over to the washroom and either dump him into the toilet or, or, or just, you know, squish him with the Kleenex or something or wash him off my hand. I'll take care of him in the bathroom. And so I run over and then when I get there. I look down and he's gone. He disappeared. He escaped my clutches. Well, I wasn't really clutching him, but he escaped. And I frantically started looking. I, I kept retracing my steps. I was looking for fucking 10 minutes. Trust me, you guys. Of course I was. But he disappeared. He fell on the ground somewhere and limped away back to his creatine den just to get more swole. And now... He's fucking plotting his revenge. I'm sure of it. He he is calling up his all his centipede buddies. He's he's getting a creatine pump every day. He's working out the legs of his that remain. He's getting swole and he's plotting my revenge. He's plotting his revenge on me. And I know he's in the walls and I know he's listening to this and he's relishing the fear that he has sown in my body. And I'm just so afraid. I'm so afraid this guy's going to come back and like crawl in my ear and just punch my brain until I'm dead. (laughs) He's crawling around somewhere. Uh, There's nothing worse than a jacked centipede with a vendetta. (laughs) Oh, you guys. I made enemies with... He's going to show up. He's going to show up. I'm going to come home, open the door, and find, like, the doorway just lined with an army of creepy crawlies all wearing, like, leather jackets and eye patches over one of their 90 eyes. Spike, little tiny spiked bat, little tiny brass knuckles, little tiny leather jackets, maybe even a little tiny motorcycle. And just I look down and he he's right there, still kind of bent in half, maybe a big bendy scar in the middle of his body, a couple robot legs, <laughs> oh no, like ninety peg legs. <laughs> he's just I should be able to hear him crawling up and down the walls, click clacking with his little peg legs. My little, my little pirate enemy, he's probably plotting my demise. And what do I do? You know, I'm just afraid. Uh, so, you know, there's nothing worse than a centipede with a vendetta. Let me tell you, than a swole, 
a swole centipede with a vendetta. And you guys, if this is the last podcast, because I died from getting my brain punched by a centipede that crawled into my head through my ear, then just know that I, that I, I don't know, color my tombstone purple. Color my tombstone purple. How about that? Put me in a purple dress, color my tombstone purple. And just for my entire memorial service, just be like, she liked purple. She liked purple. Did you know she liked purple? She liked purple a lot. Oh, it's too bad she was taken from us so soon. She just started liking purple. <laughs> she had so many years ahead enjoying the color purple. <laughs> she died before she could really enjoy purple. <laughs> That's what I want someone to say at my funeral. Please, no matter when I die, actually, I just really want somebody to lean into someone else's ear and be like, you know, she just started liking purple. She just, she had so many years ahead enjoying the color purple. And then cry really hard. Like it really, really mattered. Just to like leave that mark, you know? Just so that person will always remember you. I mean, they'll always remember me, but they'll always remember you as well by extension for this very bizarre thing that you whispered in their ear. Very bizarre, but very specific. So can you guys remember to do that? Tell somebody uh, at my funeral that I just started liking the color purple and what a shame it is that I didn't get to enjoy purple. That's funny. I think this is a pretty funny one, actually. I think this is a pretty funny podcast, but despite um, the lulls and the uh, getting so suddenly blue sometimes. Do you guys dare me to put this Tiger Bomb muscle rub on my neck? My neck, I just have so many neck issues. My range of motion is not that great. Like, I can't lay on my tummy and sit with my head on my hands. Otherwise, uh, my neck will hurt for, like, two weeks. I have neck arthritis, you guys. Be careful out there. Oh, man, I shouldn't have said that out loud. See, the centipede is going to use that somehow against me in his revenge plot. Um, let's see, what else is in my notes? I have some, I mean, my notes is now, my podcast notes, um, it, it appears to be a place, it's a complaint inbox now for me, because I have a note here about how my stupid ass printer hates my computer, and it's an all-in-one, but it refuses to fucking cooperate, so it's, and like, I can only get this, man. It's, it doesn't cooperate with the software on my computer. So every time I print, it just says not connected. And then my printer says it's connected to my computer. So there's some one-way miscommunication going on there where my printer's like, yeah, it's fine. I see your computer. There it is. My computer's like, I don't know. I don't see any printers anywhere. Or no, the the computer still sees the printer. I can like, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's ugh, just, you know. Fucking, I need Neo, Neil from the Matrix to help me. <clears throat> it's an all-in-one printer, but there's only one fucking way that I can use it to print, and that's through my phone, through Google Drive. I This is the Algus solution. It's not fixing something outright. It's finding some roundabout way to circumvent the problem and to exist in inconvenience in perpetuity until uh, everything breaks down, is destroyed, and I have to start fresh. 
So right now I'm just, I'm in a sinking ship and I'm just slapping band-aids all over the leaks in my boat, you know? This all-in-one, I wanted to make some kind of joke about how it's, you know, supposed to be an all-in-one printer, but it can't do, but it only does one fucking thing in a very specific way now, you know? God, it's so annoying. The other day, it's fucking, I wanted to, I wanted to fill out a contract. I was sent a contract that I had to fill out. And, um, even in the printer preview on my phone, everything was filled out and all I had to do was print it and sign. And then the motherfucker printed with all the stuff not filled out. So I had to manually take a pen and write in everything that, uh, these people had already sent me. I had to like fill in the blanks that they had already done. It's just so... <laughs> God, this guacamole. I'm going to make the shit out of this guacamole. <clears throat> I poked my head into... Um, <clears throat> my... Poke into the old apartment. This is where we used to live. So I... <laughs> Can I monetize this podcast now that I sang a bare naked lady song? Broke into the old apartment. Uh that's Kermit the Frog doing bare naked ladies. Doesn't he sound like Kermit sometimes? The way he does that ah. He does that with his voice. Ah. Raymond? Ah, Deborah. Wow. Broke into the old apartment. Ah, Deborah. Um Everybody loves Raymond. I broke into the old... I didn't break in. I went... I visited the old apartment to grab my mail key. Just to check up on my... On my mail. On my old place as it's getting renovated. So I got to poke my head in and see all the work that's being done. And I can't wait to move back in. It's so nice. It looks so nice. The, there's a giant wall where the kitchen uh, was separated from the rest of the room. And the wall is gone. It's going to be open concept. Broken into the open concept. It's so open concept. This is where we used to live. This is where I'm gonna live. Um, and then we're gonna also have like a little wine fridge, apparently. <laughs> it's gonna be really nice. I can't wait to move back in. Because no offense to this place. I mean, my old neighborhood is safer, of course. But also, uh, I'm going to have a little bit more space. And I am looking forward to having a bit more space for all my stuff. That'll be nice. I I wish I could say I'm going to miss the Nook. You guys, as you guys know, I've talked about the Nook before. But it's, I've underused the Nook. You know, on a sad day like today, I could have used the Nook. But I wanted to wallow for a little while, play a little guitar, and then be productive and do this. And here I am, trying to be productive and doing this, and then I'm going to have to leave and get stuff for guacamole. And then, you know. And then there goes the day, and I got to get ready for the show tonight. So, it takes me a long time to get ready, still. Um, what's up with that, you know? But I'm going to make guac. I'm going to make guacamole. I also need to shave my body. I think that would cheer me up a little bit. I feel hairy. Like, Laser is doing wonders, but I feel Harry. I feel Harry Johnston and the Brinstones. Um, I watched the last episode, the season finale of The Boys. I love that show. It was really good. The season finale was so good. It was awesome, man. That show is really good. 
Uh, it felt at the beginning of this season like they really just wanted to show you people exploding. People's bodies just exploding into chunks. Um, which, you know, there's a time and place for it. They were doing it a lot. I mean, that show is so crazy over the top on gore. And I guess you get desensitized to it eventually. But it's a good show. It's a good show otherwise. Great acting. Yeah, superb acting. I love the stakes just keep getting raised and changed. And, and oh, it's awesome. The Soldier Boy story arc in this one was great. Um, good guys turn villain. Villain turn good. Alliances are made and broken. Um, new villains show up. And just always the heroes are fighting an uphill battle, man. Fucking soups, you know. Pretty crazy. But I feel like that would be the case, you know. It would be so hard to check someone with godlike powers. It would be so hard to keep them modest and humble and virtuous and heroic. Especially when it feels like society is kind of drawing this binary line between good guys and bad guys. You know what I mean? There's, uh, I feel like there's a rising tide of moral absolutists everywhere where it's like, it's not a difference of opinions. There's good people and bad people, you know, which is troubling to me. I think I would be a decent superhero. Maybe. I don't think I would take advantage of it. I can't even, I don't know. I can't even owe someone $2 without agonizing over it for fucking weeks. Did I, did I say the thing? Did I say something that made them a bit sad, maybe? Was that rude? I fucking agonize over that shit. But who knows? If I was born with superpowers, I would probably feel very cocky. I would be very big-headed. I'm sure if you are born with superpowers, you could feel like you could get away with anything. And you do. So, I feel like a character... If you're familiar with the show, I feel like a character like Homelander, who basically, if you're not familiar... Uh, there's a character named Homelander who is the villain of the whole thing because he has, he has, he's basically Superman. He has all of Superman's power, flight, laser eye beams. He can, he can hear through walls and he can see through clothes. He has x-ray vision and he just, he is Superman, but he's an evil Superman. This, the boys is like, what if Superman was evil, you know? And, um, like if you... From birth, were that superior to the human race? If you were, if you had these godlike powers, where nobody could ever kill you or stop you, no threat of death ever, or and therefore no real threat of consequences, you would turn into an absolute monster. I think that uh, the boys is actually very true to life. I think it's a it's a work of nonfiction. There you go. And it was filmed, it's filmed in Toronto. So it's really fun seeing all those landmarks and being like, hey, I'm familiar with that building. Hey, that's cool. I know that neighborhood. Or like, I've been in that shop before. That's neat. That's always fun. I don't know what, why we get a kick out of that. <clears throat> what the psychological workings are of like uh, that familiarity response, just feeling a, a kick of joy at seeing something that you recognize. I don't know. We're tackling the hard questions this week. Like, uh, if you're trans, does your favorite color change? And um, and would I be a villain if I had superpowers? And uh, why do people like 
to see familiar landmarks on TV. It's because when you were four, you sat on a carrot, and now you like to put things into your bottom. Hi, we have a grande latte for William. That's Werner Herzog is my name. But I will take it. I thought I ordered a muy grande. I don't know the fucking sizes to do the joke. I was going to say something that he uh, got the order wrong somehow. That's how that joke was supposed to end. But I don't know enough about coffee. You know what I mean? Isn't this... Okay, so I was going to wrap it up, but I got to talk about this real quick. In all the years that I spent working as a server, and good riddance to that job, I will never work in a restaurant again, and I'm so proud of myself that my career is in a place where I won't have to do that. Fuck, yes! Um, <clears throat> yes, that's a fist pump. I'm going to be grateful for that today, and it's going to make me feel good. No offense, obviously, to the job, but it just wasn't for me. And obviously, I had I had dreams and aspirations, and I am and I'm kind of on the cusp of them. I'm I guess enjoy I'm enjoying the early stages of entering my dream era and uh, reaping all the reaping the benefits of of a life I worked so hard to achieve. And here I am. So you know what? Fuck, that just makes me feel really good instantly. Wow. <laughs> the thought of never having to wait tables again just automatically cured me of my blues. So <laughs> there we go. Wow, it was that easy. Wow, I'm going to remember this. I'm going to do my best to remember this. Anytime I'm feeling blue, just think, Alval, you don't have to serve tables anymore. You don't have to do that shit. <gasps> so happy right now. Wow. Um... Uh, but, 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 but like in all the years that I was serving and bartending, I honestly never bothered learning a damn thing about coffee. Check this out. I've, I hate coffee. I think it's so gross. I don't know anything about coffee. I don't know how it's made. I don't know anything about the coffee bean. I, I like the smell. It's okay. It's if you linger with coffee smell for too long, it really starts to smell like farts. Maybe it's the Tim Hortons I've been in. But I really, truly associate the smell of coffee. It smells good, 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 good. And then you hit that point and it smells like farts all of a sudden to me. I don't know what happens, but there's a switch that flips and it smells dank and oppressive and hard to breathe. <laughs> it smells like a fart to me. And coffee breath, ugh, come on, man. Disgusting. So coffee, I just never got into coffee, never liked the taste. Ew. And teas as well. Orange Pico. Look, for the for years and years I thought Orange Pico was orange flavored tea. Why did they name it fucking Orange Pico if oranges have nothing to do with it? And so every time I worked at a restaurant where whenever somebody ordered an Orange Pico, I would be like, oh, sorry, we don't have that. We have English breakfast, though. And I think those are the same thing. I think somebody told me once that they're the same thing. And that's why I've been laughed at when I said something like that. They're like, huh, okay, well, fine, then I'll have the English breakfast. And so I never knew anything about teas. I never knew which ones to add, ask about sugar and milk and shit. I hated making them because it was always like extra. It was always a bunch of extra steps to make a fucking coffee or a tea. 
you had to do all these extra things and you had to deal with the coffee machine and the coffee maker and I never I avoided and guys this is this is one of those cases where it takes a lot of effort to be lazy you know what I mean I like had to really try and go well out of my way to avoid learning the simple act of making a coffee or learning anything about what the difference between all the coffees are. Whenever somebody ordered an Americano, I would be like, I don't know. Uh, sorry, we don't. Our machine is broken. I would always just say our machine is broken or sorry, we don't have that. And they would be like, you don't have Americano. I was like, nope, just regular coffee. And then again, they would laugh at me and be like, oh, okay. They would think I was joking. Okay, uh, get me a regular coffee then. Because Americano, I see, and I literally, you guys, in the back of my mind, as I'm telling you this, I don't even know uh, if I'm right here, if they're the same thing. If English breakfast is the same as Orange Pico, I truly don't know, but I suspect maybe something in my memory says that they are. And then Americano, I don't know what that is. I'm pretty sure that's a regular coffee. I have gone, so check, so look at me go, like a whole, how long was I? I've fucking serving for like 12 to 14 years of my, 13 years of my life, not knowing the basics of coffee and tea, not knowing the very fundamental basics of coffee and tea, avoiding making them anytime uh, I would be forced into making them. I would always pretend to be busy. I would always swamp myself with other work intentionally. I would like, I would just put a bunch of shit in my hands. I would like, <laughs> I would work extra hard just to, just so I could go up to the bartender or whoever was near the coffee machine and be like, Hey, I'm so sorry to ask you this, but like, I got my hands full here. I'm sort of swamped. Can you make me a coffee? <laughs> can you make me an Americano? If it was an Americano, I would be like, I would just ask someone else. Hey, can you make me an Americano real quick? And I always got along with everybody. So, you know, people were like, yeah, sure. I'll, make, I'll whip you up an Americano real quick. Can you imagine working so hard to get out of uh, working? But see, working so hard in other areas. I probably like did enough work for two people while I was waiting for somebody else to make my coffee, you know? And so I say all this because I went, uh, I'm bringing it back around, bringing this goddamn bus around. I can't shake him. He's on my six. I can't shake him. Uh, I went to get pick up coffee for my roommate and it was uh, a tragically silly conversation that I was having where I was like, I just sent her a picture of, of the full shelf of copies and I was like, I don't know, can you just tell me which one? Can you pick one? Um, this one says medium dark. This one says European deluxe. Uh, oh, I didn't know what the difference between instant coffee and regular coffee is. Like, what's the difference? They all look the same. And she was like, does it say instant coffee? And I was like, it doesn't say instant coffee, but it it just looks, it all just looks like brown powder to me. How do you know if it's instant or not? You know? So, well, <laughs> so I struggled through it and I got her a coffee. So like this is, I, I, I stand before you fully exposing my ignorance on such a meaning, meaning, uh, such a, uh, such a predominant 
cultural thing. Like coffee is ubiquitous. It's everywhere. Everybody drinks coffee except me. Everybody probably knows one thing about coffee. Nope, not me. I don't know anything about coffee. And here I stand before you, throwing myself at your mercy to please can still still consider me as an intellectual, despite my admitting to you that uh, I really don't know the first thing about this most ubiquitous, simple, cultural thing, you know? So just forgive me of that, all right? Because I was blue, and now I'm not because I remembered that I'm not serving tables anymore, and that is a beautiful thing. And I'm going to JFL at the end of the month, and I gotta count my blessings. It's moments like these that I get really down, and it's not from any real external factors. It's just you're you get sad sometimes. You get sad, and I'm and I'm also lonely. I think that's just worth repeating. I'm very lonely, and I struggle to feel any sort of connection to anyone sometimes, and it's a lonely feeling. Maybe if I learned about coffee, then that I would have an in with somebody. Maybe I just need to learn about coffee. And that way, what if I become obsessed with coffee and I like it a lot and I, and I bond with people over my newfound love of coffee, of purple and coffee. I bond with people of my newfound love of purple and of coffee. Okay? So, there we go. Brought it back around again. All right. Um... Hey, thanks for giving me that extra time. I just, I went over, I blew the light by about um, eight minutes here. So, I mean, thanks for listening. Thanks for being there. Thanks for um, listening to me through my sads and getting me to the finish line and making me feel a little bit better, helping me get all this off my chest. I am, all things considered, we're all doing good. You're doing good. I'm doing good. You hang in there, all right? You just keep on hanging in there. Um, I appreciate you. I love you, and not in like a, a Twitter chat sort of way. <laughs> no, no I, I, I appreciate. I love you in the sense that I appreciate your support, and I appreciate that you are the people who make me feel less alone, even through the simple act of listening. It's very profound. Um, okay, uh, I'm gonna go make guacamole now. Thanks. Bye.